welcome to the 2019 debut of the Robot Upfront podcast. That's the name of the podcast now, Robot Upfront. Do you like it? It has the name because of me, I am the Robot Upfront. Some might say that giving the robot that reads the intro a credit in the title is overkill. But, as Johnny told me on the way into the studio today, he was nice enough to pick me up from work. A talking robot is a hell of a thing and people seem to like me. Anyways we have a great guest today it is Mr. Pat Polk. Johnny and Pat talk about all the things you want to hear about and a few that you probably wish they'd skip, I mean why is this episode such a downer? But at least there's a weird story at the end. In conclusion this is my longest intro yet perhaps I am stealing the show? Be sure to like and subscribe and hit me up in the comments to let me know how many seconds long my next intro should be I vote 69 am I right. Totally new intro because it's a totally new year. We're getting right into it. A uh, special thank you to the people who made that great song at the beginning. I haven't uh, edited this in the slightest yet, so I don't know if it's the same song or a new one, but either way, they deserve credit. And uh, we'll get it in that sense of thank you, but not in the sense of who they are. But that's okay because the next topic is our first guests of the new year. Had to get him on here. Pat Polk, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm pretty good overall. I am a little bit under the weather, but other than that, I'm pretty good. I, I think we're going to do things a little unconventionally here. Let's hear about how you're, you're under the weather. How are you feeling? Uh, so I've been – it's been a really persistent, which is the main annoyance. Uh, it's, I'm almost on three weeks now without remission. Uh, it was – in between a cold and a sinus infection, that's what my my I'm very nasally right now, even more so than normal. So I apologize to our listeners. Uh, I had a cough, a lot of phlegm, and uh, a lot of some sinus pressure. So Jen was giving me a hard time and said to go to the doctor. Uh, I because I growing up I had a lot of sinus infections. I kind of knew that I probably had a sinus infection, and then I went to the doctor and she examined me for like two minutes and she's like no you don't have a sinus infection it's just a bad cold I'm not giving you anything come back in like two weeks if you're still having these problems and I was like cool cool thanks and so I felt very defeated and I just continued to uh, struggle with a cough and really just since like last Friday it started to get a little better but it's been a long time coming I feel like I've been hearing about the, the, this this cold cough thing you've been having forever now. Uh, is is this is this standard or is this like a weird thing that you have this going on for so long? Yeah, I, usually it's not. I, when I I don't get sick like super often, but I definitely have gotten more sick more frequently since we had Lily because she's a germ monster who goes to daycare. Um, but normally I get a sinus infection and then I take medicine and I'm better in like four days. And uh, that is not what happened in this case. But, yeah, I talked to you about this, like, I think at or before Christmas. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, it's definitely been since before Christmas that this started, and we're recording this on like the ninth or something. Eighth, eighth, eighth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems terrible. I, I I hope you get over that. I also this is you know those doctors. That's how they get you, right? You don't need any of that. You go to the doctor. It's at your own peril. It makes you worse. You don't need to go to the doctor. Um. So now I I guess like this is going to be a giant waste. Now maybe we'll see if you agree with me on this. When I get a cold or something, do you feel like it significantly impacts your sense of taste? When I'm really stuffed up, definitely. Mm-hmm. I really my nose hasn't been super bad uh, this time. I haven't had it super runny. Just a second, I'm gonna cough. Hopefully that was muted. Um, yeah, so. Sometimes when it's really stuffed up, then, yeah, my sense of taste is pretty bad. It hasn't been so bad this time. I'm only now getting to more sinus pressure and and runny nose, and I still have a pretty okay sense of taste is what I would self-report. Okay. So I am able to then still ask you, Pat Polk, eat anything good lately? Sure. I feel like I had a very good one, like three or four months ago and I was eating something delicious and I was like, man, I should tell John about this delicious <laughs> thing that I'm eating. And then I forgot. Um, right now I'm eating something that is pretty good. Certainly meets the criteria for good. Um, it, it, we have it pretty often. It's not like an extraordinary thing for me to be eating, but uh, it's it's vegan tomato soup, like a t- vegan bisque. So it's creamy, but the creaminess is because of uh, cashew cream instead of dairy cream. And then it has uh, oven-roasted herb chickpeas in it that are, like, crispy and salty and very seasoned. And I call them flavor bombs because they're so packed with seasoning. And so it's, like, a good creamy seasoned tomato soup, and I like it a lot. That honestly sounds excellent, yeah. Uh, do you, is that, are those chickpeas something you buy, or is that, like, a thing that you make there at the house, or how does that work? Yeah, we make you make those as well. Jen did this all by herself, which is uh, increasingly often the case. I do cook sometimes, and I feel a little bad that I've dropped the ball lately. But it has been so convenient because she works from home four days a week now. Oh wow! And so she takes care of dinner most of the time. Um, so anyway, yeah, Jen did this all on her own. But yeah, when we do these croutons, they are made at home. You buy canned chickpeas. You roll them around and, well, you pat them dry, roll them around in some olive oil, and then put a whole bunch of, like, herbs like cayenne, oregano, salt, uh, probably cumin, that that sort of stuff. Actually, I probably have the recipe. And eh, never mind. It's not really worth it. But anyway, that realm of seasoning. And then do you, do you just throw those in the oven? Yeah, you bake them for, at, like, 450 for like half an hour, 40 minutes, so they get good and crispy. I made something that was at least trying to be something like this once, but they didn't They didn't get to the like crispy level that I was hoping to achieve. So maybe I just didn't do it long enough. I yeah. definitely did not season them as powerfully as you're talking about here either. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those cases where it's better to go slightly over than under to get the good texture. And then the sad part is... Um, there's not a great way to keep them after you make them that night. So we, sure. she, you know, makes a huge uh, pot full of soup so that it's multiple meals. And actually, Lily really loves this soup. Uh, she doesn't like the croutons because they're too spicy for her, but she <laughs> likes the soup a lot. 
And so Jen makes a lot of it and we freeze it to give Lily for future meals. And then we have all these leftover delicious chickpeas. But uh, when you put them in the fridge, they get a little mushier. And uh, so that part, it's still trying to figure out the, the kinks, but they are really good, especially the night you make them. It, it sounds great. I'm going to have to mess with this again because, like I said, I've read a lot of good stuff online about doing this sort of thing with chickpeas being like a crunchy, tasty thing. But like I said, the one time I tried it, really didn't get to the, didn't get that crunch factor I was looking for. But it seems like uh, it's doable. I just have to actually sit down and do it. Um, let's see. I just I'm going to go a little out of order here. I just got a notification on my phone, and it reminded me of an upcoming topic. But we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Intro here. The uh, last year, I I did a handful of podcasts, and certainly the one we've gone back and talked about the most since then would be the episode where I made a bunch of predictions. And I'll tell you, I haven't re-listened, and I suggest no one does. But I'm <laughs> certain ninety-five percent of those predictions rock solid, nailed it, locked it down, just. Incredible prognostication. And then one of them might have been like the stock market's going to not fuck up every 10 seconds. And then we'll guess which fucking one we remember. The one where I was a dumbass. That so that did uh, immediately get uh, falsified like immediately within the week. Consistently. Yeah. yeah. It's like there's no end to how many times it could happen and the frequency and the immediacy. We just we hit everything. We checked every box for how wrong I could be about that. Um, so I thought I would, uh, I noticed that in 10 minutes, our, our fucking shitty president's going to go tell everybody about uh, his wall or something. And I thought you could tell us what's going to happen in that speech and what will be the ultimate effect of this. Okay. Yeah, I feel I have a decent handle on what's going to happen here. I think I read Very somewhere. predictable going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I read it was like a six-minute prepared speech or something. I thought it was going to be one of those like... Trump grandstanding, like, talk for an hour straight with, like, some structure that people wrote, but then just going off the script. Uh, I'm sure he'll go off the script because he can't help himself, but I think I I was surprised to hear how short it was intended to be going into it. So I I think it's going to be short, and I think uh, he will – so I also heard that he's not going to actually – make the direct case to declare a state of emergency. I think he's been dissuaded from that radical course of action. Uh, So he's just going to try to just purely use the standard lines about how there are rapists and murderers and criminals and terrorists invading our country from the South and we need a wall. It's, it is for our safety. Uh, They, you know, they take our women, they take our lives, they take our jobs, blah, 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 blah. And it's going to be, like, super inaccurate. Uh, One of the things that people have been talking about lately is, like he said, uh, or somebody in the White House said that, like, 4,000 terrorists or 3,700 terrorists have been apprehended at the southern border. And I've seen uh, almost everyone that I've seen says that number is actually zero. I did see one that said maybe, like, six. Uh, But in any event, way short of 4,000. So he's probably going to say that again. He's going to... You know, talk about how beautiful the wall is. Obviously, he's... I don't know. Hmm. Is it just in front of the press or does he have a live audience? I'm assuming he's not going to be... It's not going to be like a rally-like setting and he won't have like a bunch of uh, MAGA-wearing supporters like applauding his every line. 
Uh, but yeah, he's going to go way off script. It'll probably be longer than six minutes, but not super long. And of course, someone will say tonight was the night he became the president because he like didn't like use racial epithets like on live TV. Uh, and and that's mostly what's going to happen. Uh, Democrats will. Uh, I saw that uh, Pelosi and Schumer were going to do a response. And so they'll point out all the things that he was wrong about. Democrats in general will say, you know, we're not giving in to your uh, racist demands. We're not going to fund your stupid wall. And Republicans will say this is he really explained this clear and present danger. And we really have this problem we have to solve. And Democrats are the ones who are keeping our government uh, shut down because they don't care about safety. And it's going to be very predictable. And it's super annoying that it's happening. Uh, okay. Um, first off, I, I will say very disappointed in uh, how many things I thought to myself, oh, I have a good, cool, funny response to this thing Pat said. And then you basically covered it, came back around, especially the uh, unquestionability of the fact that we're going to get like, man, very presidential speech in a lot of ways from Donald Trump tonight. Good job. We're definitely going to get pivot. that. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I had the exact same experience where I definitely thought this he was going to get half an hour or something and go crazy. But I think I think I saw it was eight minutes he's requested and then they're going to give the the Democrats four. But I don't are, are Schumer and Pelosi speaking together or separately or what's the deal with that? I, I feel like that's going to be lame as hell. Yeah. I mean, just like the response to the State of the Union is always like a real crappy job for any. Yeah rising political star i think even though these are very senior politicians i think it'll suck they're they're gonna be very rushed like even if it's a eight to ten minute speech you know he's gonna say like 50 things that are wrong and they will be it'll be hard to address everything in a coherent way in the amount of time they have so yeah i don't i think that'll suck and i i I haven't read the details about it but my understanding is they're doing it together but i could be wrong okay yeah, that's and that's a good point, though, is that we always get these responses. And in, in the best of times, it's a mess trying to do them. And that's when you like ostensibly have the other guy's speech in your hand. I can't even imagine. Like, that's all the more reason why this is going to go poorly for them is like Chuck Schumer's going to get out there and be like, oh, I got I got some cool punch up to do to my great speech here based on all this extra stuff Trump threw in there. And it'll be it'll be really lame. I think I wish we could like I understand we have that wing of the party and we got to let Schumer and Pelosi do some stuff. I wish we didn't have both of them as like the dual faces of all this. We could get somebody interesting in there to hang out with them, but I guess that's not what we're going to get. Um, I had another that I will say, I don't, I don't think it like the fact that they don't have the script beforehand. I would be shocked if he said anything at all surprising in his eight, ten minute speech. Like, I bet it is exactly all the same talking points that he always makes. If he says anything, if he has, like, any shred of, like, a new policy explanation or anything that is even slightly new, I would be very surprised. So I feel I like they could prepare. I think they'll be able to prepare very, very well. But I, I do feel like you see these things where people do those analysis of, like, uh, what his actual written speech that they release and then he always hits stuff harder and goes back and is like oh this part for sure or he's like reading it for the first time 
and then add stuff to it. I feel like that's where he will have some line about like like they will be like big bull print. Don't add rapists here. And he's like, and that's a good point. Many rapists are coming to America. A lot of people don't know how many rapists. Everybody's been saying. Um, Oh, I also wanted to talk. I I love that thing about 4,000 terrorists coming. If there are 4,000 terrorists wandering into the United States and nothing has happened, we should just stop worrying about terrorism. Who gives, like, if there are 4,000, like, couldn't, why wouldn't we all be in terrible danger every day? Even if they don't have, like, bombs, couldn't the terrorists, like, run around and kick people off their bicycles and stuff if there's 4,000 of them in the United States right now? I, I, I feel like, no, how could anyone sit back and say that there are 4,000 terrorists, and that's just the people who wandered across the southern border? Well, I, I believe their claim was it was 4,000 were apprehended. So there would be 4,000 in America if it weren't for the diligent efforts of DHS. Sounds like the system works then. Yeah. I just, <clears throat> I, 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 these ideas, these numbers are clearly just baseless. Um, yeah. So, and then I guess our other thing, I will need a specific date from you on when the shutdown will end. I think it has to be kind of soon. Uh, I don't, I would be very surprised if anything happens because of this speech that really moves the ball on trying to get to a compromise on uh, a wall. I I think, um, hmm. yeah, like Republicans are losing. Like, so this Friday is the first Friday that people who are furloughed will not get a check mm-hmm. um, because it ended on a Friday, but we had already worked that the two weeks. So then a week after that Friday, we got our last paycheck before furloughs went into effect. So I think after this Friday, there will be a lot more pressure and people will be complaining a lot more and even Republicans will feel the heat. So I'm going to say it's next week. It'll end. Um, the only compromise that it would possibly be on the table would be what we talked, what they talked about before, which was like some minimal, uh, amount, relatively speaking, obviously we're talking billions of dollars still, uh, but some small amount that's less than what Trump asked for, for generic border security in exchange for uh, some kind of change in the law for uh, DACA recipients. And that's the only compromise I could see Democrats making at this point. So either enough Republicans complain and say that, that we need to get things going again or there's a DACA compromise, but I think it's going to happen uh, next week. I'll say next Wednesday. Next Wednesday is the 16th. That's my guess, yeah. Uh, my prediction is that the government shutdown never ends. <laughs> um, our next topic is, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit, we're not going to do like a full-on recap of Christmas. Everybody had their Christmas and some stuff. But I did want to say like first off, generally, Pat Punk, did you have a nice Christmas? I did. Uh, it was definitely nice. Uh, I hung out mostly with Jen's family. My family was uh, in Virginia. Uh, my mom and dad and sister and my uh, unfortunately a little bit ailing grandmother were out in Virginia. So I was with Jen's family most of the time. Uh, and it was fun. The downside, again, being that I was sick the whole time because I started getting sick before Christmas. But other than that, it was good. Did I know you had a sister? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I have a sister who is six years older than me. Um, 
so we like never were in school together or anything like that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I have, a, I have an older sister named Erin with an E. Yeah, that doesn't sound. I think I I think if you had pressed me on it, I would have said Pat Polk only child. But not not based on like your personality or anything like that. Just based on like I I, I try to draw there for a sibling or anything about it. I didn't have anything. Uh, what's the deal with your sister? Well, uh, her name is Erin. She actually, um, so she went out, she went to school out east at Hofstra University on Long Island, and then she essentially never moved back home until decades later. Uh, so she worked for 1-800-Flowers out there, and then uh, a big career shift, and for many years now she's been a flight attendant for formerly Continental and then post-merger, now United Airlines. I tell you, I, I, that 1-800-Flowers thing sounds fucking familiar. I think this fell out of my head. I think I might have known this at one point. It's possible. But yeah, so uh, yeah, my sister. But then after the merger, uh, so she stayed in the New York, New Jersey area because Continental was had a, a hub in Newark, New Jersey. But then after the merger, obviously United has a hub in Chicago and that represented an opportunity for her to move back to Chicago where I live and where at the time my parents were still living. And so she moved back to Chicago. She lives in the Wicker Park area um, and and is based out of there. So, uh, yeah, she moved back maybe, I don't know how many years ago, a few, several years ago, let's say five years ago. How often do you see her? Surprisingly and frequently. Um, I I don't know who to, what, what are the blame lies with that, Um she has obviously a very weird schedule because she's a flight attendant. I was going to say, it's, it's, honestly, it's, I mean, I'm sure most of the time it doesn't matter she lives in Chicago. Yeah, it, she, you know, and she has now worked there for kind of a long time, so she has a decent amount of uh, seniority. Um, but with United in particular, there's flight attendants who've been doing it forever, who have a yeah. ton of seniority. And so they get the first pick for their schedules. And so those are the sort of flight attendants that have what they call a line where you just always have the same flights each month and you just have like a set schedule pretty much. She never has that. So her schedule changes month to month. And so that makes it hard to hang out. And then separately, um, as of a couple months ago, she's been training in Houston. Uh, She's like doing a thing where she's like training the trainers for flight attendant stuff. And and that's uh, taking place in Houston. And so she's like based in Houston, like four to five days a week right now and is just coming to Chicago uh, when she gets time. So, yeah, I don't I don't see her too often, uh, but we do hang out sometimes. And, you know, she obviously likes seeing Lily. We, you know, we'll meet up and go to random events sometimes, uh, but but only like once every other month, which is pretty shocking when you live in the same city. Sure. Yeah. Or next door because I live in Oak Park, not Chicago. But anyway, we live close by, but we don't see each other too often. That is the end of that story. She sounds like a lovely woman. I uh, would would you would you like to hang out with her more? Are you pleased with stuff, or would you would you would it be nice if she moved far away and you never saw her again? I, I don't want her to move far away. Obviously, <coughs> I did not mute that one. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't want her to move away. Uh, I would like to see her more. It'd be nice, especially. Uh, with Lily, it would be nice if they hung out and uh, saw each other a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it would be cool, but it is tricky to schedule. 
Sure. Uh, do you have a rivalry with uh, your your wife? Because her sister's around all the time. Do you ever like want to want to make them fight to like see who gets to be around so much? No, I don't. I mean, it is funny how different uh, Jen's relationship is with her siblings. She also has a younger brother, but he's uh, significantly younger. Um, But she still, like, really values her uh, siblings and really spends a lot of time with them. And I uh, value my sister, but I don't see her very much. And so it's just, like, a markedly different uh, relationship that she has. And so uh, there isn't a rivalry, but there is certainly a stark contrast. Stark contrast. I like it. That, 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 that's, that's a good summation there. Um, <clears throat> more broadly, uh, back to Christmas in general, did you get any especially good Christmas gifts this year? Yes. There's one that I think is uh, pretty fun. It's something that I'm sure most of you, if you listen to podcasts, have heard about. Uh, so it's not like... Lisa Mattresses. Um, no. Uh, but... Audible.com. I can get this. Yeah, so close. You can keep going. You'll get it pretty soon. A t-shirt. No. Um, it's, it's a relatively big ticket item, so think pricier. Uh, those meal delivery services are very expensive. No, but we have done those before, uh, but that was not a gift for Christmas. No. Um, one time on Comedy Bang Bang, they did uh, commercials for Pepsi Max. Uh, yes, I just I got a truckload of Pepsi Max. <laughs> Listen, guys, Christmas. Pepsi Max is back, and I've got all of it. So yep, fuck exactly. You. I'm selling it at a markup. It's really good. <laughs> it's the best gift ever. It literally keeps on giving. Uh, no, it, it, it's, I, it's, go ahead, sir. I was just gonna say. So, what you know? A funny coincidence. It sort of ended up being kind of a combined gift between Jen and her sister Megan. Uh, long story short, but anyway, I got Sonos speakers. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. And so I have two little ones and one of the big ones. And so we have it set up in the kitchen and the dining room and the living room, the big ones in the living room. And I really like it. It's really fun. Uh, I I like having it around and I like streaming music throughout the house. And we got – so the little ones, um, they had a sale uh, at Costco, which is actually why independently Jen – and Megan both bought a pair, and we do not. We did not keep five Sonos speakers, mm-hmm. um, but they had the sale on the older ones that do not have voice control on their own. Uh, so they're called the Sonos Play One, and so they're essentially just like streaming speakers that you hook up to the internet and you can control with your phone. But I do not have like built-in Alexa where I just yell it out loud and it starts playing music, which is exactly what I wanted because I visited my friends. Um, Zuyan and Carrie and their daughter uh, Hazel and they also have another daughter who's too young to speak but anyway Hazel uh, would say Alexa play Starships and I heard the song Starships like 800 times one weekend and I knew then that I never wanted a voice controlled speaker because that is exactly what Lily would do specifically with the song Starships Uh, and so I'm really happy that I have to use my phone to control it but yeah so two Sonos Play 1 speakers and uh, I think it's called a Play 5 is the really big one. Is What's the Starship song? Starships by Nicki Minaj. Very appropriate. I, see, I was going to say, is that, the star, is that the Nicki Minaj song? Why are people so into listening to that song? Uh, yeah, Lily, who is not yet three, and Hazel, who is four, uh, big fans of Starships. It's just a very catchy song. It's a uh, fun song, yeah. It's infectious, sure. and uh, little girls love it, is my experience. 
Interesting. I was like, there must be some new Starship song, but apparently that's the Starship song. Okay. That is the Starship song. That is, uh, you know how, uh, so we use Spotify a fair amount, and Spotify gave you like your 2018 year recap. Starships uh-huh. was like comfortably my number one played song <laughs> last year, and it was exclusively because of my daughter. Let's see if I'm, I can find it. Here you go. Here's my top songs, um, and they're like all because of Lily. I'll, I'll read down them. And I'll tell you when I get to the first one that is one that is my choice. Uh, here we go. Starships, the edited version by Nicki Minaj. Happy by Pharrell Williams. Jump Around, House of Pain, also Lily. Good Morning by Kanye West, also Lily. LED Spirals by La Castlevania, which is the dance song from the first John Wick movie. That's Lily. Booty Swing by Par of Stellar. That's Lily. I Love It featuring Charlie XCX. That's Lily. These Boots Are Made for Walking by Nancy Sinatra. That's Lily. X's and O's by Ellie King. That's Lily. Tightrope by Janelle Monet. That's Lily. Bubble Pop, a Korean pop song by Hyuna. That's Lily. Cheap Thrills by Saya. Lily. Get Lucky by Daft Punk. Lily. Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Lily. American Boy by Estelle. Lily. Bulletproof by LaRue. Lily. Jeopardy by Run the Jewels. That's my first song that is my song and not because of Lily. Jeopardy by Run the Jewels edited version so it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Lily. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, I gotta say, it's an excellent list. I, I recognized almost all of those and have at some point in my life thoroughly enjoyed them so it sounds like you've got her on a good track there. She's not just like listening to fucking Raffi or something like she might be. She does like Raffi as well. Does but like yeah, Raffi tr- as well. We tried to give her like not boring music to listen to. I do. I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast. I definitely mentioned it to friends before, but uh, I also play a fair amount of video game themes to her uh, for her. But those are a lot of them are not on Spotify, so they wouldn't show up on that list. But she requests by name Mario and Chrono Trigger soundtracks. Oh, uh, wow. all the there time. You go. Um, one time I don't know if I ever told this story, but one time I had a plan where I was going to do a podcast where I uh, I, got, I like I remember how I used to play those voicemails from people in the league and they would they, like they have questions and stuff and my plan was I'd get like a couple questions and then I would record fake questions and claim they were from you guys have I told you about this before I don't think I've heard about the fake questions, no. Okay, I was going to do fake questions, so I'm, I'm rooting this bet. I can never do it now, but I don't think I'm going to do it anyway. But I, the one I remember, the one I was the, like, this was my the reason I came up with the idea and why I was excited was I had, I did an impression of you. And again, these are all shitty quality on a voicemail, so it was okay that it wasn't great. But I had an impression of you in which I called in and said that... Uh, I asked, like, what is the best, I want to say, song of all time? And you got really mad at the idea that it wasn't the moon theme from DuckTales. That is a very good song, certainly. Uh, I, I felt like, and I, I didn't like go over the top, but you were, like, very direct in how it had to be the moon theme and there was nothing else. And I feel like that was the one that, like, you would have acknowledged, like, well, I didn't do this. But other people would have like, is this, is this Pat that... Pat, what the fuck is the moon theme? But I, I, I think it would have landed. None of the other bits would have worked at all. 
I, I don't know why I was convinced that I could like kind of make your voice, but I, I thought it sounded, I actually recorded this and had it, but uh, I thought it sounded okay, but nobody else sounded good enough and the whole thing fell apart. I can't, you've already recorded it. I didn't, that's, you'd really took it far. Yeah, I'm, I I, I did it I several never, times. Never so like it. I said, that was the idea. And then it was like, I need like four more of these for this to be worthwhile. And I couldn't land on any other specific enough topics or voices that I thought could even reasonably pass. Well, I'm so flattered that I was your best bit. Uh, I am probably, it's probably for the best that I didn't hear your imitation of my voice. That probably would be somehow humiliating. Uh, but but the content, I definitely approve. That is the sort of argument I would get into. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm debating whether I should, I feel like what I will do Hmm. Maybe I'll do the voice on a different episode. I had kind of like an up down thing. I think, especially, well, yeah. I I I think yeah. Sometime I'll break that out in in the right uh, mixed company on the podcast, and we'll, maybe that's what it'll be. Maybe Pat Polk will guest at a time when Pat Polk isn't available. But I I really thought I had something there with that one, even though, you know, as far as like celebrity impressions go, this is. Of pretty limited utility, <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not going to be breaking this out on the Tonight Show. I don't think. But you if guys know this guy, Pat, really. Think it was <laughs> oh, there you go. Actually, if I go to if I, instead of the Tonight Show, if I go to your house, mm-hmm. I will kill undoubtedly. Lily would Everyone be clapping would be, so exactly. Much. And then, well, she'll be clapping because she wants me to play the Chrono Trigger song, and then I'll just do that. She would ask for that. She uh, <laughs> lately, so yeah, she knows like specific weird songs on the Chrono Trigger. She's like, play like. <laughs> strange occurrences or whatever. Um, and now lately she's been listening a lot. We've been, so we still don't let her watch TV, but she is very intrinsically girly and likes pink and princesses and all this stuff. So we've been like playing Disney soundtracks for her and like getting Disney like golden books to give the stories to her. And so she's been listening to a lot of Disney. So like now we've been listening this, I know it's not princesses, but we've been listening to the Lion King soundtrack a lot. And she knows the names of several of the orchestral pieces that are do- that are on the soundtrack after the ones with words. Wow. She's like, uh, and, and it's very funny when she's like, "Oh, this one is called blah blah blah." Here, let me see. Uh, this one is called "This Land." This one is "To Die For." This is the scary one. It's like all- she's very into music, but in a very weird way. I was going to say, maybe this is like a sign that she's like a music genius and she can, I don't know if I could remember all these song names now. Yeah. Just, just by all this, is, this seems like a real ability. Maybe she's good at this. She also is quite the untrained dancer. She really has some moves. <laughs> Her aunt, uh, Aunt Megan was a dance major at U of I while we were in law school and she's obviously into dance and she's shown Lily some stuff, but uh, Lily really wants to express herself with dance at all times. That's all. <laughs> Sounds very promising. It sounds like you have a, a truly lovely daughter. And it just I got to say, just like this whole environment in your house where everybody's dancing and listening to music and having fun all the time. It sounds great. Plus, you got those weird chickpeas you get to eat and your wife stays home and works from home and makes the dinner. I mean, this sounds incredible. It sounds like you're living the life, Pat Polk. I can't complain. Things are good. Yeah. yeah tell like me about something really bad going on in your life. Hmm. Um, we live in a small apartment that is getting way cluttered and crowded with crap, and we are pretty far f- 
from being financially able to purchase a home. So we are just going to become hoarders pretty soon, I think. What kind of like clutter and crap do you have around the house? Well, is it like stuff you're trying to get rid of, or is it like no, we just fucking need all this and this sucks? Well, neither Jen or I are terribly neat. I'm worse than Jen is for sure, um, but we're we're not that tidy to begin with, and we have. I mean, the biggest offender is certainly the stuff that we bought for Lily. There's just toys and dolls and blah, blah, blah. But, like, as far as, like, surface area goes, for Christmas she got a big wooden dollhouse that's now in the living room that takes up a lot of room. There's a big um, sheepskin carpet for her to play on in the living room that takes up a lot of surface area. She has an easel that's two-sided. Uh, one side is a dry erase board and the other side is a chalkboard. And you can pull a paper to color on that. And that takes up a bunch of room. My sister, bless her heart, uh, unsolicited, got this really big plastic horse for Lily to ride on. That's uh, like spring. It's on four springs. And so you can kind of rock back and forth and pretend it's galloping. But it has a very large base because it's this big horse that is on, you know, they don't want it to tip over. And it has sure. springs on it. Uh, Jen, because she's pregnant right now and, uh, you know, trying to keep her hips and her back comfortable, she has a giant, super giant, like extra large uh, blue yoga ball that she sits on sometimes when she works and does exercises on it and stuff. Um, and this is just stuff I could physically see from my spot. Uh, there, We have another gift from friends, uh, well-meaning friends that also don't like me. Uh, we have this inflatable reindeer that's very fat. That's like you can kind of just kind of sit on. Well, Lily can kind of sit on and bounce on. That she. Oh, likes I on. wish you sat on it, Pat. That would be so much it, better. It is. It is very small for <laughs> someone my size. Um, and also, like, uh, so Lily moved to the uh, her own room, separate from where the nursery is. So she's out of her crib. But then the nursery room that will imminently, you know, in March have a new baby in it is just the dumping ground for old baby stuff that's now not Lily's size anymore and a bunch of crap. So that room is like, you can't even like walk in it because there's so much stuff. So just stuff everywhere. So that's, that's what I would say is a down side of things that's going on. Yeah, that, that sounds shitty. And it like, I don't know. I will say my, the first thing I noticed uh, was, was it rabbits? She had trouble getting so much rabbit stuff before. Yep. Did you get any? Um, it sounds like I'm not hearing any rabbits at least. Did you get much rabbit stuff at Christmas this year? Uh, no, not not much rabbit stuff. I mean, I if I had to guess, uh, she probably like literally has like 25 rabbits, maybe something like <laughs> so that. So there just aren't any more rabbits, and so yeah. they've moved on to what's the biggest thing I can give them? But uh, she did get a big stuffed animal that's not huge, but um, one of the gifts from Aunt Megan was Build a Bear. And she went to Build-A-Bear, and she made a pastel Technicolor kitten uh, that she named Zoe, which is the name of Aunt Megan's cat. Uh, and it, because <laughs> Lily's obsessed with princesses, she, Lily received a uh, Cinderella dress from her grandparents, and she loves wearing the Cinderella dress. And so she got this Technicolor cat, and it came with its own mini Cinderella dress. Uh, and so she just carries that thing all over the place and, and loves it. So so that's the new stuffed animal uh, of the day right now. She's sleeping with it right now as we speak. That's very adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
How how do how does Jen? You say it sounds like I, I don't know if you, how much you dug into it there. It sounds like you were trying to say you've made a real effort to not let mass culture like indoctrinate your child, and yet she loves the princesses regardless. Well. That's not exactly what I meant. I mean, we she certainly is exposed to a lot of like popular culture things. It's really specifically screen time. Okay. Which is not good for kids' brains apparently. So, she like gets exposed to a bunch of, you know, uh pop culture stuff, but she just specifically doesn't watch TV or movies. And so she's like never seen a Disney movie, but she's obsessed with lots and lots of different Disney characters. Oh, uh, okay, I see. Yeah. Does she have like books and stuff? Yeah, she has. Uh, the only book we actually own that's Disney, I think, is uh, Lion King, uh, like a, like a miniature version of Lion King. But yeah, she she's gone through uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. She likes the Fantasia soundtrack. She really likes Cinderella, but that was a really bad version of that story that we got. So we're going to get a different version of that. Um, she we got we oh we also own very recently uh, Little Mermaid. And let me tell you also the Golden Books version of. Uh, Little Mermaid and Lion King try to rush the story. It's like nearly incomprehensible uh, getting through the entire 90-minute movie in like 20 pages with like a small paragraph on each uh, pair of pages. It's They really rush through the story and it's uh, rough, rough sledding and hard to understand for anyone, let alone a two-year-old. Yeah, that, that seems like a basically impossible task. Are those also like edited for content for children is scar running around killing people in those books they don't they have the whole story and they like they don't they're not graphic obviously but neither are the original movies but it definitely says like uh i mean i've read the lion king so many times i almost have it memorized but it's like uh you know simba was clinging to a branch and uh when the dust cleared he saw mufasa's lifeless body uh, on the ground and and then uh, Scar comes and he's like, "You got your father killed. Run, Simba. Never wow. come back." And so it really it talks about death. Uh, and um, in Little Mermaid, it talks about how uh, Prince Eric uh, rams the boat into her uh, into Ursula, and she's destroyed. It doesn't say she's killed, but she's destroyed. Uh, so they, they they yeah they don't shy away from the content of those movies. Uh, and actually, <laughs> uh, the other as far as like. Censoring uh, the the only very rare exception that we've had with like media with Lily where we've let her watch a little bit of TV has been like when we're as a group or just uh, us like watching occasionally a sporting event or um, like a, an awards show. Sometimes we'll like let her watch a little bit of live TV just because we want to watch it and like we're we're not like letting her watch like cartoons and just. Uh, but it's really been like three times total or something and been for very short stints. But anyway, so she watched a little bit of the Bears playoff game last weekend, and I was shocked at, like, how violent the commercials were uh, <laughs> when I'm, like, I really opened my eyes when I cared about it because Lily was sitting there. But there's, like, a trailer for some movie, and it was, like, super violent. And I was like, man, this is, like, obviously for general audiences according to, like, the ratings boards. But I was like, uh, I guess this is why we don't ever watch TV with her, I guess. Yeah, I it's one of those things. I feel like that stuff is unquestionably like just commercials in general. I find painful and poisonous to my own experience. 
And like you say, the idea that then you're just going to show these to kids, it seems like the worst thing. Yeah, but uh, she was really cute watching football. The very first time she watched football was like a Super Bowl, when, like not the most recent one, I think, but the be- one before that. So she's like one, and uh, she just watched a couple minutes of it. But when she sat right in front of the TV, and when they had the overhead view before the ball was snapped, she like squatted down like a lineman, um, like imitating <laughs> what she saw on the screen, and it was really adorable. And then uh, this most recent time when she was watching the Bears uh, – Whenever someone was tackled, she said, oh, he tumbled, that silly guy. <laughs> and she always talked about the players getting uh, tumbled, uh, tumbling, and that was really funny. So That's she's great. cute when she watched sports. But yeah. uh, What is the extent of your Bears fandom these days? Because of the, like, limited uh, opportunities to watch live sports because we don't watch TV around Lily, like – the ex- I don't watch much of anything when she's awake mm-hmm. um, or literally before she goes to bed. So sometimes during the regular season, Jen and I have watched a little bit of Red Zone uh, because we're both in fantasy leagues and sure. it's kind of fun. Uh, but I've watched like almost no uninterrupted like football games for the past few years. Uh, I enjoyed following the Bears uh they're still my, you know, my favorite pro team, obviously, but I don't watch much of them at all. And I, every time I watch, I'm like, even this year, they were very good. Obviously, uh, I thought the defense was awesome. But any like five to fifteen minutes that I watch, Mitch Trubisky always seems completely terrible. Uh, <laughs> whenever I see him, like he's always like running backwards and throwing near interceptions. Like every moment that I've managed to watch a Bears game for the past two years. So that's really fun. Sounds very enjoyable. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to skip that. It is 45 minutes. This will be an edit point if we want to do it. Do you, uh, do you want to go into other stuff or do you want to wrap stuff up? Do you mean like completely not talk about Amazon and all that stuff? Or? Exactly. Yeah, I'm just saying it's about we're at about 45 minutes. If you wanted to skip that, we can. I I I I'd be happy to do it. I just also don't want to keep you forever if you're concerned about it. I'm really fine time wise. If you want okay. to keep going, I'm fine. I the only uh, I apologize. I know I talked about Lily for like half an hour. If you think that it, this is like too much for our audience. <laughs> um, we could also trim out some of that too, but uh, I was definitely too- pressing you for questions there. Don't ever, I mean, don't. I, I was, I thought it was interesting, and I am the perhaps most childless person in this group. <laughs> most childless. So, uh, you get a, did you get a plaque? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, childless. if I thought it was good, everybody else is going to be even more excited. They'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds just like this adorable thing my daughter did recently. Okay. Well, um, so yeah, so I'm fine going. If uh, totally no constraints on my time. Okay. The only uh, constraint in my mind would be uh, conscientiousness for the potential listener. And if you think that that's fine, then I'm ready to forge ahead. The the very existence of this podcast just flies in the face of conscientiousness for the listener. We could not – we are, you know, beyond the pale as far as worrying about things like that. Hostility towards the listener. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, on the, other, on the plus side, any episode that has me – and you on it basically means we are topping out at one to two listeners. 
yeah. unless we count ourselves. So, uh, again, the concern for the listener, non-existent. Well, okay. I know Jen will listen. She oh, listens uh, regularly to yours, and I'm sure she'll especially listen to this one because I'm on it. So uh, you have you have one outside of the league listener in the bag. That one time when I had Margaret on, I think it must have been uh, the most listened to episode ever because she said two of her friends listened to it. Wow. Yeah. Must, I, I We might have come close to 10 that time. Nice. Okay. I'm going to jump. Ah, I'm going to jump back in. Okay. Pat Polk, I had one last major thing I wanted to talk to you about tonight and couldn't be more topical here. I just got a notification on my phone four minutes ago letting me know that uh, – my my package uh, was delivered from Amazon at 8.25 p.m. So that makes me feel good about the good things I'm doing in the world. Uh, Pat Polk, do you use all these uh, terrible services that are uh, uh, delivered to us for our extreme convenience and run on human misery? I certainly uh, use some of them. Not, you know, I don't... I don't go crazy, but I definitely use Amazon. Like the dirt, definitely the one I'm guiltiest of using is Amazon. I've, I've used Amazon for a very long time, and I have not especially slowed down uh, once it has become clearer and clearer that they are a terrible company that uh, destroys society. Yeah, it's really hard to not do it. And then, like, I read some stuff, and it was like, well, honestly, the best change you could make is is like, don't lean into the super fast shipping. And so like here, I'm sure it's the same where you live, but like a huge amount of Amazon you can have delivered the same day and even more the next day. And then a tiny percentage you only, you have to wait for two day shipping. And so they, but they say, you know, that stuff is, it, it's bad for the drivers. It's very bad for the environment to be running all this shit out to your house every day. As so they say, don't do that. And so Amazon will often have that thing like, Hey, if you should say, give me the no rush shipping, We'll just uh, we'll bring it out to your house sometime whenever we feel like it. And I did that the other day, and I got it in fucking two days anyway. So nothing matters. You can't use this stuff if you want to feel good about yourself. But you kind of use this stuff. You need it. Um, what other things? So I, I think of, of Amazon this way, and I think of Uber and Lyft this way. I know Lyft, try, if people try to play like it's okay to use Lyft, like it's any different. It seems very clear it is not any different. These are bad things. And then I guess the the Postmates, stuff like that, falls into this same bucket as well. Although maybe less bad, but it seems still pretty bad. Are there other things that you regard as in this same general category? Or do you when think you're talking. Or baseline here. When you're talking about like this ex- this exact category of things you should feel guilty about. Um, I think those are the main ones for sure. Obviously something that's like terrible that I, I'm guessing neither of us do much of it. Uh, like, like Walmart would be obviously like a huge one, but I, I never shop at Walmart. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it happens to be very easy for me to not shop at Walmart. I'm mm-hmm. sure if I, like if, if I still lived in Morris, Illinois, Walmart would be like one of my only options for a lot of, uh, just basic purchasing needs. Um, but like, yeah, I would say those are the big ones, but there, like other things where it's just like, if you think about it, you know, there are, you might want, you might feel ethically conflicted. 
there's there's a whole bunch of those, not just as far as like evil corporations, but like ever flying in an airplane is like kind of <laughs> awful to do. Eating meat is pretty bad for the environment. Um, yeah, like those are two big ones that are pretty hard to uh, avoid if you have a certain lifestyle. So those those come to mind. But as far as like evil companies, a lot of fast food chains, obviously not great. Uh, and those can be for different reasons. Like McDonald's is, first of all, an evil corporation that's super huge and probably is like super terrible for the environment. Um, but then they're like Chick-fil-A. Like are, are you morally opposed to Chick-fil-A because of uh, their stance on homosexuality? Uh, I, again... Completely arbitrarily, probably. Uh, there's a Chick-fil-A that is like a half of a block from my office at work, and I don't eat there because I would I feel too bad about it. But again, I I looked it up, and I think I had like 75 orders from Amazon in 2018. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, we I guess that's kind of I we need to frame this conversation in a certain way because as you say, as, as we every time you step back, there's another level. There's just honestly, we are recording this on computers and telephones that were probably not made by people who were having a good day when they made them. And um, it, 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 as you describe stuff like Chick-fil-A, you could also say at that point, if we're going to get into that, I like the Cubs. The Cubs <laughs> those seem to be bad people. Yeah, I, I, sure. I sure wish that. Like, It seems like this year the Cubs can't sign Bryce Harper because the ownership has to save up money to give to Donald Trump to build the wall and keep being president. That is literally like the sort of exchange we are going through and we can think about uh, every time we go and send the bleachers or whatever is that that's what the money is for. And that's why Bryce Harper has to go back and play for the Nationals again instead of with his best friend Chris Bryant like he desperately wants to because if we give that money to him, we won't have it to give to Donald Trump. And that, that's, an, that's an honest thing we're looking at here. And and so, but I mean, I feel like that's still another level removed from this thing where we are looking at, like, in our very communities, we, we tell these people, it's too bad for you that your job is, I want, uh, I, I got a box of uh, uh, fucking garbage set on my, my doorstep at 8.24 p.m. And it sucks that that has to be your job today. Yeah. So I, you should probably never do and it's the same thing when I when I say, you know, it sucks that your job has to be I want to go three miles to a different part of town. So come and get me at my house and drive me over there and you can have two dollars. Uh how often do you use Uber and Lyft, anything like that? Pretty infrequently, but again, that's probably just because I A don't go out that much these days. I pretty much like you know, go to work, hang out with family. And if we're going somewhere together, then we'll drive. Um, we do have one and a half cars. Uh, and so I, I happen to not need it very often. And so I, I pretty much never use it, but it's not necessarily because I'm morally strong and righteous. I just, it just happens to be convenient for me to have that stance as well. What's up with that half car? Um, I don't know how many people know this. This is embarrassing. Wait, wait. Uh, if it's embarrassing, ahead. I want to guess. Is it the the see. one and a half car part? Is not what's embarrassing. Oh, that was okay. the background. Just Damn. this morning, I was hoping it involved like a motorcycle with a sidecar. What's no. the embarrassing thing? The embarrassing thing is uh, I had 
a gray Jetta in law school uh, that I and I still have it. Uh, I think it's a two thousand five and a half because they released two different models in two thousand five uh, Jetta. And then, like after law school, Jen was living with her parents, uh, and they essentially said that she they could use her uh, she could use their cars when she needed to, but then it instantly became obvious that it was not okay for her to constantly use their cars and that you need to buy a car right away. And so essentially in a moment of anxiety and panic, Jen bought an almost identical gray Jetta after law school. So we have, we own two very similar gray Jettas, but the reason that we, that's the embarrassing thing. Uh, The reason that we have one and a half is that mine has had a dead battery for months and it's just sitting in the garage, and we've only used Jen's car for a while. And we really, for right now, almost always only need one car, especially because one of us is at home all, every day, every work day, and the other person takes public transportation to get to and from work. So, like, we're very close to only ever needing one car, but we definitely need to get a new, bigger car very soon because of baby number two. But anyway, that's why we have one and F cars, because mine's been dead forever. I would advocate for uh, putting a new battery in your car. Oh, yeah. No, I am very lazy, and I just haven't managed to do that and uh, totally could. Like, the the registration has lapsed. Like, I haven't done anything (laughs) with that car in a very long time. Uh, I will say I have no room to talk in the slightest. I have a car, and it's the one time, it was actually when I was moving here. When I was moving from St. Paul to Minneapolis, I, no, it was right before I moved. I was going to the new apartment and I was going to meet these, this like furniture delivery guy there because he was bringing over a new bed I bought. And I was going over and I was like, oh man, I don't have any cash uh, to give this guy a tip. And so I stopped at a gas station. I had an ATM and I ran inside, got some, got some cash and I came back out and my, the car wouldn't start. And I was like, oh, this is some bullshit. How can it not? It was like, and October, it was 50 degrees. Totally fine. I just started it and ran it over there. No issues. Won't start. And so I had to call, like, the roadside assistance people, come over and start my car for me. And then you had to tip them? I did not tip them. They could <laughs> fuck off. Everybody else in the service industry I feel bad about, but these guys apparently not. Uh, and so then I went on my way and everything was fine. And then, let's say, a month later, it happened again. Car just randomly wouldn't start, not especially cold or anything like it. And I'm like, am I, like, leaving the headlights on somehow or some setting or whatever? And I did a bunch of reading. This is a 2015 Subaru Outback. And I read about it, and people on, like, these Outback forums were like, that... Uh, that those Subaru Outbacks in that time frame are very nice cars, but they put the the shittiest imaginable tires on them, and they cheaped out on the battery, and it's like extremely borderline for whether or not it's actually a big enough battery for like the electronics on this car. It, is that a? I apologize for interrupting, but is that like a you could get a battery better battery of the same like size, or is this a physical space problem like? We decided you need 
I don't know much about car batteries, obviously. Uh, but like, can you can you swap this out for a better one, or you is physically is like, no, we we only left this much room for a battery, and sorry, it's not actually in the big enough for your car. I I didn't know any of this before, but in this circumstance, um, a bigger battery will fit in the same spot. Okay, cool. And so everybody, all these people were like, it sucks, and if you take it to the dealer, uh, they like won't acknowledge it. And it's the sort of thing where like once you get it jumped. And you take it into the dealer, then they can test the battery and it seems fine because the battery is not failing. It's that it's not big enough. And so they're just going to tell you to fuck off. And so you have to do it at the end of the day. It's a nice car. Otherwise, it shouldn't be this way. But you got to just go out and get you a new battery that's bigger. And then uh, I thought, I don't want to. And so instead of doing that, I thought, well, you know, it's a good thing to have anyway. I'll just get one of those little portable jump starter things and then yeah, yeah. every month month and a half <laughs> comes up i'll jump the car is that cheaper than a battery uh yeah it was okay. this thing costs like 50 bucks okay and then obviously i had to buy a bigger battery than what was in there so it would have been uh a little more expensive i thought this is a good thing to have anyway and then also the battery's getting towards the end of its life and then when i really need to replace it i'll replace it with a bigger one and so then this happened like twice more. And then uh, a couple, no, it was like last week. Uh, it got down to like five below or something. And then I went out to start my car and it was just straight dead. And I went to jump it and it wouldn't fucking jump for anything. And uh, the, 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 the jump starter thing itself was just ice cold and I read that that was I was like bad for it so I took inside and I rubbed it and I warmed <laughs> it up and baby. I it back in and then I ended up I just I worked from home that day because I, I couldn't I didn't have a car and so then eventually I got it all warmed up went back outside still wouldn't start completely worthless and so then I read online that the uh, battery is just too dead and your charger is just too dead and I'm going to have to fucking have my car uh, towed someplace, or I'm gonna have to like get an Uber and go buy a battery and come back and put it in. Uh, but then somehow I called the uh, person I don't tip, the fun roadside assistance person, and they asked if I had attempted to jump it, and I said no, because otherwise they wouldn't come and try to jump it again. But I said I had not tried, and they came out and successfully jumped it, and I drove straight to the battery place and put a new battery in it. And nice. now everything is fine, and I own this other thing, and it took a bonus four months before I had to buy a new battery. I guess like three months, but well, uh, it's a, it was a silly. I should have just bought a new battery. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very similar to my situation. I, I want to say two things. First of all, I think it's interesting, but not surprising that probably like a giant industrial truck, presumably, uh, can provide more of a jolt for jump starting than this little portable jump starter guy. <laughs> Uh, so I'm not, not shocked that that worked when your own thing didn't. Uh, and the second thing I just want to quickly note about my own story is to any, uh, critics listening, especially Jen Murphy, uh, I, I acknowledge that it is arguable that the embarrassing thing is not that we have the same car, but in fact, the embarrassing thing is that I let this car be dead in our garage for several months. I know that that is also embarrassing. That is all. I, I think of the two, it's definitely more embarrassing that you just let the car sit there. Yeah. I'm trying to, I know that they always say you're not supposed to do that, but I think the battery is the main concern. 
Um, exactly. Yeah, I don't think I'm doing anything. Also, air pressure in the tires is bad. Yeah, probably. I say there's that. But but I can sure somebody, I can deal with those issues uh, whenever I choose to, and I just haven't yet. I'm super cool. It does sound very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I will say, it sounds to me, this is the solution to all your problems. You have one and a half cars, and you only need one, but you need one bigger one, and you don't have enough room in your house and you have a useless car in your garage. Can't you just connect all the dots and sell one of your cars and get we're, a bigger car to sure. put all your shit in your garage? We're for sure getting rid of one of at least one car, maybe both, uh, when we get a new car very soon. Um, probably just one. We'll probably just get rid of my car when that happens. And yes, then uh, – then yeah, that wouldn't really clear up space necessarily. We have some crap in the garage. We it's the problem is the the accumulation of crap problem is much more severe than a simple garage. We have some stuff in the garage right now, and we also have like some storage in the basement of our apartment building, and like we've filled that to capacity as well. It's it's a real issue uh, that is that is not only one bird at a time with these stones, not uh, two or three birds with one stone. It sounds like this is you ever. Uh, it sounds like this is that thing where they say that, like, as far as like improving traffic, it doesn't matter how much highway you build, because you always just meet the capacity. And the more ro- more lanes you have on the road, the more cars will fill them in. And that all that matters that, is yes. getting cars off the road. I think that's what you got here. I think you got to just you could have a house that was twice as big, and you'd fill that up too. I hope that's not true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were. Uh, I, I do see that that is a problem. I am not watching the uh, Marie, Marie Kondo uh, Netflix specials, but I'm sure they would be very difficult to watch for me. <laughs> I, I've heard those are fun and very quaint and enjoyable, but uh, I just don't have the time. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and I have to listen to all of them. Absolutely. I can, I can relate to that. Um, so it seems like we really came to a good conclusion there as far as what to do about our Amazon reliance, right? <laughs> We've solved all the problems for sure. Seems like, uh, well, I don't know. How, I guess here, here's the thing. How guilty do you feel about this? It really depends. I don't know. I, I feel like a little bit guilty, but I, I, I don't feel as guilty as I should. That's, that's what the way I feel like. I know that Amazon's real bad and Jeff Bezos is way too powerful and rich. Um, like, And also, a lot of things people don't think about with Amazon besides just like – most people, I think, think about Jeff Bezos being way too rich and powerful and they think of people who work in the warehouses. But another thing you don't think about as far as Amazon's like complete control of the world is Amazon cloud services and how like their web like storage hosting – is like one of the big operators in the entire structure of the internet and stuff. So like Amazon is far more powerful than you even think about most of the time. Um, and obviously then now we have all this voice control stuff and privacy concerns with Alexa. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to be concerned about, but it, it is, I, I don't know. It would be very hard to shop local in, in a thorough way. I think these days, I think society has shifted so much because of these super convenient stores, either the the remaining giant big box stores or the internet. It would like you cannot like 
go to a local store for all of your needs, like a small mom and pop. Uh, so I feel bad, but I kind of uh, justify to myself because of the relative lack of alternatives. I don't know. No, I think that definitely makes sense. And it, it, it's one of those things where <clears throat> at, at some point you're going to have to choose your thing. And man, you know, at the end of the day, if you can just have your fucking diapers on the doorstep, that, that that's just such an incredible value. That you We're subscribed to, to Honest Diapers. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. We get, we get diapers delivered every periodic, I don't know, month. Jen's in charge of that. It's Probably just month. so much to ask otherwise. And at the end of the day, so at, at, honestly, at some point, uh, obviously, you know, Jeff Bezos has all the money and then he, he ought to just come out and spend it on good stuff and help people. And it's fucked up that he doesn't. But we, we shouldn't expect that of anyone. You know, it'd be nice if people did better things. But uh, we have to tell them to. And, you know, if, if you let these giant companies do whatever they want, you shouldn't be surprised when they do stuff like this. So it's our own fault for uh, not having a better government. Um, I, 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 that's, I, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I'm going to go get my book off the doorstep here in a minute. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah. And it was probably it, printed on, like, death paper from environmentally endangered forest, but whatever. That's kind of the issue that I like when I was bringing up at the very beginning of this. Like, it is you really definitely have to draw some line somewhere because you will drive yourself crazy if you worry about every Mm -hmm. impact of every decision you make. Like, again, like either you should be vegan and bicycle or mass transit everywhere for sure. Like, I feel like that's the minimum Mm -hmm. if you're going to be guilty about this sort of thing. And, and it, you just have to decide with yourself, like, how far, what you're comfortable with, because you really, this is a very dumb comparison. It just came to mind. But if you watch The Good Place, um, the newest season had an episode of the, the guy who was the closest to figuring out how the afterlife worked as far as, like, points for being good. And he drove himself insane trying to consider the moral implication of everything that he does like that would be what your life would be like if you decided to be concerned about the impact of everything you do and so it's just like how to what level of amazon's evilness are you comfortable with uh similarly apple if you if you have apple products uh you know they're they're like pretty much all giant corporations are going to be pretty evil and so like how much are you willing to disengage from society Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly what it is. You're going to have to find a point. And uh, at the end, the, the root of all these issues is capitalism, and we have to overthrow it. Like, uh, the fact that anybody, you know, obviously it's fucking bullshit to somebody making deliveries for Amazon or somebody driving an Uber. We tell them, well, your job didn't happen to uh, figure out how to give you health insurance, so go ahead and buy that for yourself with your $15 an hour. But uh, nobody should have to buy any health insurance at all. Um, that is a perfect summation of all the problems we were concerned about. Uh, Pat Polk, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Sure. I already partially extolled the virtues of uh, Sonos. I think that was they're very fun. And uh, if anyone's interested, I think they're pretty good, especially I think if you have a child... The ones that are not voice controlled are recommendable. But I have uh, a movie recommendation. We've, we watch a fair amount of media. Like we've kind of slid into the routine of essentially 
uh, when we're not busy socially, uh, you know, we'll put Lily to bed and we'll eat dinner and we'll watch something. So like a decent amount of times we'll watch uh, some kind of media together. But one of my most successful choices of the past few months, I cannot strongly enough recommend Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That movie is hilarious, and I loved it so much. And I was uh, I had heard that it was surprisingly good uh, shortly after it came out in theaters, and I didn't believe it, but then I kept hearing about it. And so a couple months ago, watched it, and it was absolutely hilarious. And I heartily recommend uh, that anyone with even a little bit of interest check out Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. And uh, recently, like this week or last week, they announced that they're doing a sequel and it will include Aquafina and Danny DeVito. And I couldn't be more excited about the sequel, uh, even though, obviously, sequels to borderline premises for movies don't have the most stellar track record. Uh, but Aquafina was a pure delight in Crazy Rich Asians, and uh, Danny DeVito is obviously a national treasure. So uh, Jumanji won. Well, reboot Jumanji, very good. And the sequel, I'm excited for. That's my plug. Uh, it's an excellent plug. It's very funny you mentioned that. I was in line at Target uh, this past Sunday, and then I saw the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever there for the Jumanji movie, and then Gina was like, do you think we should watch that? And I was like, honestly, we'd probably have a really good time if we did. And then we did not purchase it. Uh, and then second off, I will second you and say, man, Danny DeVito, National Treasure, great man. Third, is is... is I guess I'm out of touch. There's a person named Aquafina. And it's spelled real weird, too. A-W-K-W-A-F-I-N-A. Oh, okay. Aquafina. I think I have seen that now that you say that. She's she's uh, an Asian-American woman who is a rapper, I believe, uh, but comedian, actress. She's a triple threat. Uh, and she plays the friend in Crazy Rich Asians, and she's very funny. And apparently, but I didn't give Crazy Rich Asians a chance until I was forced to watch it over Christmas. And it was uh, not amazing. Certainly, it's obviously no Jumanji. Uh, but it was better than I expected. And it had it was like kind of weirder and funnier than I expected. I thought it'd be much more standard rom-com, which is certainly not my thing. But it was, it was pretty quirky. Uh, but she was awesome. And so I, I now am excited for her. And uh, yeah, she was super funny in it. And apparently, she hosted Saturday Night Live. Um, I'm guessing around when Crazy Rich Asians came out and I saw some clips of that and it was pretty funny. Sounds very good. I only have uh, one plug, which is go back in time and don't listen to this episode. I'm sorry this went on for an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, Pat Polk, do you think we talked about anything that was interesting during this episode? That's tough. I mean, certainly, I think the Jumanji, really. You can just cut out everything except for these last five minutes. I am not joking when I say that I really recommend Jumanji. And that's the key to this episode of the first hour you could just totally disregard. Yeah, I, I think the Jumanji sounds good. I'm going to watch it. Uh, the story about the men tumbling was very cute. I liked that. Um Struggling otherwise. Out maybe this will be nope. I'm, I, I I started to make a. I started to say maybe this will be the episode where I add sound effects or something. But goddamn, does that fucking require a lot of work? And is it funny? 
maybe the first time and not interesting after that. So I always fall off. So yeah, this is a, I feel like a real dud. I don't feel like I brought it. Pat Polk, if you could critique me, what do you think we did wrong? What do you think I, I don't want to say we. It's all, everything's always on the host. I feel like you told some interesting stories, but I didn't set stuff up well. Pat, where do you think, what do you think I need to focus on for the next episode? I think you did great. I, uh, I, of course, the problem is me. You're very funny. You have a lot of people come on. You tell funny stories. You elicit funny people uh, now, to. I'm gonna. I now I make it a real point. I don't interrupt people uh, the way I used to on the podcast, and I'm proud of that. It's my my greatest advancement as a host. But if you're gonna say bullshit like that about me telling funny stories, do, do you want to hear the story about the car battery again? That story was like seven minutes long and it didn't go <laughs> anywhere. I, I, I got two thirds of the way through and I was like, F- I thought this story had a funny ending, and now I realize it doesn't. This is a problem. Um, it's, it's hashtag relatable. That's the issue. It is certainly relatable. Now, again, if especially if you happen to also have like a mid twenty teens Subaru Outback. Highly recommend putting the uh, bigger battery in it. You can you can read about it on those Outback forums. But uh, other than that, I just I feel like I need to prepare more. What are some good topics we should talk about on the next episode, Pat? What would you like to hear about? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind hearing more. Just whoever you have, you know, hear hear funny stories uh, and share back and forth funny stories of what's going on in their lives. Uh, it's it's very guest dependent, and again, I blame myself. No matter what you say. Uh, so, yeah, just have somebody funny on and uh, tell funny stories. That's my, okay. that's my advice. I have one more story. Let's see if this one's – if this is a better story, I'll make the effort and edit, and I'll put this in where the car battery story is. I'll be very interested to hear the, the final product. Okay. Here, here's, the, here's the better story. Have you ever heard of a place called Vision Works? That kind of sounds familiar, but I like that could be a range. That could be like a movie studio or a place that you get eyeglasses. I have zero idea what it is, but those words I feel like I've heard together before. Yeah, one of your answers is right. Which one do you think it is? The glasses, I would assume. It is. Uh, so I have, you know, I have like the vision insurance, and then I was like, shit, it's almost the end of 2018. I didn't do anything with my vision insurance. It means I threw all that that money. Right in the trash can, so I thought I got I got to get over there and get my uh, eye exam, and then I can get some contacts or some glasses. I got some new glasses in 2017, so I thought 2018 I should just get some contacts. I hadn't had any in a while, and so I uh, I went into the Vision Works. I made an appointment. No, let's start with that. I made an appointment on the Vision Works website, and then it was real jank. Because like I called a couple of like reputable looking eyeglass places, and then they were like, "Oh, you want an appointment at the end of the year?" And everyone in the world is trying to use their vision insurance benefits before the end of the calendar year. Uh, we you can get an appointment like a Monday at noon, or not even noon. It'd be like a Monday at one in the afternoon. So you got to take a half day off work. And I'm like, well, it's not worth it. I'm not doing it. And then VisionWorks was like, oh, you want to come into our place? How's we're open until eight o'clock at night. How's 530 on your way home from work sound? And I was a little suspicious right there because I thought I shouldn't be able to get a good appointment on like three days notice at this time. But I just went with it. Natural, natural to be suspicious. And then uh, I said, OK, give me that appointment. 
and then so like this was like a Thursday and then the appointment was for the next Tuesday and so then like I did it and then like Thursday Friday Saturday I got no confirmation email or anything no acknowledgement that I had an appointment <clears throat> and so I called them and I was like uh, can I come to your place and get my eyes shit happening and then they were like, oh, yeah, we got you down here. You were going to get a confirmation email tomorrow. I have no idea why that would be the policy. But that's, they <laughs> said that was what was up. And I was like, cool. And so then I went to the place on Tuesday. And it's in a strip mall, which, fine, I don't give a shit. I just want my, my vision to happen. And so I go in there. You want your vision to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. It's happening now, just not good enough. Or I guess my actually my glasses are fine. I just want some contacts. I haven't had any contacts in a while. I go in there. And there's a big showroom like they have at an eye doctor place where you can see all the glasses. And then there's two middle-aged women sitting there, like two receptionists. And then uh, they were like, uh, what's up? And I was like, I want to have an appointment. So I go, oh, okay. And so then uh, one of them takes me to the back and says, let me get the computer started up. And it turns out, there's no doctors here. Everything's remote, and the doctor's in, like, New York. Whoa. And so, like, she does these initial tests, like, where it shoots air in your eye and stuff to... Glaucoma, I don't know what that does, whatever that does. She does all that stuff. But there's, like, a computer monitoring it, and, it like, she has to, like, she has to do one of these... Like, the thing where she takes a picture of my eye, she has to do, like, four times because the computer keeps saying it's not good enough. And then she sends it off to New York... And somebody there looks at it and says it's okay. And then I go into the next room and there's literally a guy on Skype who runs the test. And like they do like, is this better or is this better? And this guy in New York is pushing buttons and that's switching the lenses in front Whoa. of my face. So you, you had an uh, eye exam from the gig economy. Exactly. I feel like this guy literally did like 90 of these that day. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and he's just blowing through. And I'll tell you, I get to the end and he's like, well, <laughs> so I'm 33 <laughs> years old. Uh, I've had the same, I had the same prescription from like age 25 to like 31. And then in two, like 31, I went in. And I got my, they bumped up the prescription very slightly in one of my eyes. And so I don't know what the numbers mean, but I'm like a negative 3.75 in one eye and a negative four in the other eye, I think is what it is. And then I finished this test and the guy's like, uh, your vision got better. You don't need as strong a prescription anymore. Is that even possible? I think I've heard of that happening, but it seems like I, I would definitely approach that with extreme skepticism based on the circumstances. I, I think it's possible, but unlikely, and certainly not based on a guy playing with the machine with an iPad. Yeah, it, it was some some whack shit, in my opinion. And so then he's like, yeah, I got your contacts. You can go out in the other room and they'll be there. And I went out in the other room, <laughs> and then the other lady oh, had another my, good sign. The other lady had my contacts. She's like, "Put them in and see how they are." And then I, I, I put them in. Everything was fine. 
I, I don't understand. My contacts are significantly less strong. And they you are see like, everything fine? And I can see fine. They're like literally like a negative 3.25 and a negative three and a half, let's say. So like, like they both step went down better. like a half. So maybe it was the best eye exam you've ever had. Maybe if I go back there three more times, I won't need any glasses at all. The internet fixed your eyes. It, you it got was, LASIK while the lady what... was amateur administering a glaucoma exam. Yeah. It was also also at the end, like the lady, the, the receptionist woman who was like the person in the room, like I guess in case the Skype crashed, uh, she started talking to the guy about like how many appointments they had the next day. I found it very unprofessional. Yeah. And, and, and just saying, yeah, yeah, we got a, we got this and this tomorrow. We'll see you then. Slow day. Cause apparently sometimes there's an actual doctor in there. And so tomorrow there's actual, so I'm sure that's why I, I bet there's some way on the website to see if you're getting the Skype doctor. And so other people didn't want this appointment because, uh, it was weird internet, man. That is super weird, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's hilarious. We had this long conversation about Amazon and Uber, and then you got a gig economy ophthalmologist to check you out. Uh, you should probably be suspicious and also feel morally conflicted about what you just did. Oh, fuck doctors. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm sure... He's fine. Vision Works is a legitimate company. Maybe uh, he probably has good. He probably has terrible. He probably, he probably has to go to Vision Works with his insurance. At least I have options <laughs> that I I choose not to take advantage of because I wait until it's literally Vision Works or bust for my 2018 benefits. Um, regardless, well, that that was a a very strange experience. Congratulations on your miraculously improving eyes. Yeah, see that—that's the thing. Is like part of me is like I haven't had contacts in a while, so I wonder if like I've been trying to come up with something. If like I see better with contacts anyway, and so it makes sense that my vision seems okay. Or my other theory is that I'm wrong and I am seeing poorly with the new contacts, and I'm just too dumb to notice. Can you? You can do. Can you just like? directly compare your glasses to your contacts, right? I mean, you can kind of one-two it yourself at home, right? Like A-B test your eyes. I guess I could. Like you could put contact in one eye, put your glasses on, just open the uncontacted eye, flip up your glasses, look with your contacted eye, and like look at something across the room and see if it's clear. I was going to say that I could have Gina help me with this, but the good news is we've already established that you can do this just fine over the internet. You can do it. We'll do yeah. this on the next podcast. We'll just that open up great. the video. See, and now that's can... a good podcast exactly. right there. Exactly. It'll be a video. This will be a vlog. And you yeah. can just open up the thing and I'll fucking try to look at it with, I'll, I'll, I'll knock the, <laughs> I'll take my old glasses and knock the lenses out of one of the eyes and I'll put a contact in that eye and I'll be able to do both at once. That seems, again, maybe, I mean, if you have a glasses screwdriver, maybe it wouldn't be that uh, difficult and damaging to do. But I, I just think closing one eye and flipping them up and down. You would be like um, Dwayne Wayne from uh, uh, Different Strokes and uh, have your glasses flip up, essentially. That's, that's what I was envisioning, not actually 
disassembling your your glasses themselves. But anyway, that is weird. I I hope your eyes actually got better. Uh, you've got a lot of you know whatever. It's in carrots or something. You just, your diet is – you have – you've been vegetarian lately. Maybe you've had more carrots and other veg, root vegetables or whatever, uh, and it's improved your, your vision. It could be. I, the other the only other thing is that I'm still wearing my, my glasses with the old prescription. Right? And you have these splitting headaches that you can't explain. Yeah, I feel like they should be fucking me up, right? I feel like I'm okay. I, I, I wear them almost every day. I also don't know enough to actually know how big of a difference a half step See, is. That's, if that's, that's, if that's been, enormous or not. Yeah, I haven't researched it that much because I don't care. But that that I guess, I guess that's the, been like my biggest fallback. Is like maybe there's just enough of like an error bar here that it doesn't matter, and that technically you know maybe my glasses are a little stronger than they need to be, and my contacts are a little weaker, but it's not important. Yeah, if it's if it's like a half step. Out of three, then that's like one sixth. So that's like seventeen percent. So if it's that feels if they were seven, if they were seventeen percent too strong, uh, that seemed yeah potentially significant. I don't know. I guess Weird. It, it, I don't know where the, how where the uh, splitting headache lands. Maybe that's eighteen percent, and I'm okay. Yeah, I don't know. Well, wacky vision works. Not a real place. Turns yeah, out. Yeah, don't go there. Well, I mean, unless you want to. It worked, and they took my insurance, and I got a bunch of contacts for very little out-of-pocket expense. Seems like you got everything you wanted out of that place. These places are just too convenient. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I got the Amazon Uber uh, Eye Doctor, and I guess I'm literally plugging it on my podcast because in the future, that is what the economy is. It's just people advertising gig economy services on their podcasts excellent well it's really good that uh i buried my most interesting story in the last five minutes of a very boring 90 minute podcast so at least i got to tell you i should have opened with this maybe maybe that's what i'll do maybe i'll copy this and also play it at the beginning of the podcast it'll be like a no that's what i'll do i'll do the first half of the story to oh, a cliffhanger at the wow. beginning and then do like a chimes thing and then I'll be like and we'll finish that a little bit later and you have to listen the whole way through to get the rest of it that's brilliant like when you get the news that your eyes got better you just cut it right there and, or the fake doctor <laughs> and let me tell you I got a diagnosis I'll never forget <laughs> something like that yeah <sighs> Very, it's very good that we have to come up with gimmicks to get from two to three listeners, and I mean literally that jump from two to three. I, and See, I, I think compared to your vision, that's a fifty percent increase. That's a <laughs> big difference. Because we're not talking seventy percent here. I mean, if, if we only increase by seventeen percent, that means like one of the speakers in your broken car came on, and somebody can hear a quarter of the podcast. There you go. We don't need that. Okay, that has got to be enough. This is going to be absolutely no reason this should have been 90 minutes. Maybe that'll be going forward. I will demand that these only last 30 minutes and we'll do better with that. But either way, this time, Pat Polk, thank you so much for coming on. I had a really good time. Did you have an okay time? I I love chatting with you. It was good. I apologize 
to the two to three listeners, but I, I enjoyed my time and I enjoyed speaking. Yeah. I, fuck the haters. That's what I say. That Kevin yeah. Hart is right. It's good that my podcast is boring and he made fun of gay people and didn't apologize. That's the main thing. Everybody can do whatever they want. Fuck the haters. Speaking of moral dilemmas, I will point out that uh, Kevin Hart is one of the main characters in Jumanji. Oh, is he but, really? Yeah, he really is. He is so funny in that movie, though. He's he's pretty funny, except for when he talks about how he wants to beat his gay son to death to make him not be gay. There's uh, no homophobia. Who else is it, in Jumanji besides uh, Dasani and... Uh, uh, well, so that's the new one. Aquafina and Danny DeVito are in the new one. Oh, okay. So, so that's, that's so, uh, The Rock... Too. The Rock, Kevin Hart, and uh, Jack Black are the Jack most... Jack Black is in it? And he's, he is very good. I, it is a spoiler to tell you why his performance is so well, good. Well, I don't want to be spoiled. But so I'll, I won't. I'll tell you, like, if I had known he was in it, I probably would have bought it at Target. Yeah, he's, he's really funny in it, and it's a very interesting character that he plays. I am a uh, really yeah, Jack Black fan. I bought, reason. I bought Jumanji for $10 at Best Buy... A few weeks ago, because it was the the Blu-ray slash DVD slash uh, ultraviolet download or whatever, were was ten dollars. So it it is definitely worth owning at ten dollars, um, or certainly watch it at least. It's very good. I will I'm gonna stop pimping Jumanji now. <laughs> this has been Jumanji branded content for another week. Thank you yeah. so much for listening. Uh, in the meantime, please do uh, purchase Jumanji even if you already own it, because. Uh, backups and stuff best wishes in the air